Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. We still haven't figured out a name. I don't know if we're going to figure out a name for for what we're doing here. I think we're just calling it the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed, right? I mean, we're calling it the Silver Screen Roll podcast feed. There are individual show names. I am Harrison Fagan, by the way. That is Anthony Irwin. Uh, I host Lakers Explained, which is on Monday. It's with Christian Rivas. But um, yeah, we all have like individual show names, but they're all in the Silver Screen Roll feed. But when we mix a match like this, it's probably just easier to just call it the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Probably could have sorted this out off the air now that we're saying it out loud. Lakers Explained is a little condescending. No, it's like it's like a it's like Lakers Mansplained on. Yeah, that's that. Yes, exactly. That's what we're trying to do on that show. <laughs> Not exact on International Women's Day of all day. You make that joke. <laughs> Although it is I did find it fitting that Marcus Morris lost on International Women's Day. Yeah, I feel like something in the universe. Everybody. Yeah, it's something in the universe would have been out of balance if Marcus Morris had gotten the win today. Do you think when Marcus Morris gets sick, he calls himself Mucus Morris? This is why I don't host with you anymore. <laughs> do you think do you think he calls his dog Barkus Morris? Please move on. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need energy off the bench. They call Sparkus Morris. All right, so the Lakers beat the Clippers today. <laughs> they beat the Bucks and and Giannis Antetokounmpo on Friday. Two huge wins over contenders and Anthony wants to talk about Marcus Morris puns for the entire what? 2 minutes to start the show. Uh, I think we're a minute in. Yeah, As okay. you said, though, <laughs> the Lakers uh, beat the Clippers 112-103 in what we're calling, I guess technically is defined as a Clippers home game. Uh, but anybody watching could, could – I think Kawhi got one MVP chant. And it was like one of those sad – like it was it was like Justin Russo. It was uh, Robert Flom. MVP. MVP. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you just keep talking. No, like, so I think you can hear I think it was over it. I actually think it was Doc Rivers. Like he was just, he was like, guys, guys, here's where we chant MVP. Like, let's get it going. This is where we. This is all right. Hold on. There, all twelve of those Clippers fans, you guys got to get together and learn what it is to cheer in an NBA game. Oh my God! At some point, <laughs> at some point, you guys got to learn how to handle yourselves in a big game, like. There's no way that the Lakers fans should be that much louder than you. Yeah, well, so I was going to say on the flip side, we learned that not only are the Lakers very much for real, but this wasn't really something we needed to learn. But Lakers fans are very much for real. Like this is the second home game of the Clippers that they have just completely invaded. And this time they got, you know, it did seem to fire. It seemed to fire up the team. It seemed to get them going like Jared Dudley was even tweeting about it right after the game, mm-hmm. which I think as an aside, it's hilarious how quickly he gets to Twitter right after the game. Like he, that is a, he, he really hey. is like if a blogger played in the NBA, he like, understands peak engagement hours. Yeah, he knows, like, when is the time to tweet. Like, it's not three hours after the game. It's 20 minutes, like, as soon as you get to the locker room. He's a, you think he's tweeting these, like, while Frank Vogel is giving the, like, post-game speech? <laughs> Avery Bradley's accepting the game ball. <laughs> yeah. Jared, Jared Dudley's like, sources, deck, so... Avery Bradley just got the game ball. <laughs> But anyway, like, I, the Lakers, fan, Lakers fans showed out today. Most importantly, though, the Lakers very much show that they were for real. I know that 
probably Again. like if I as a non Lakers fan am sick of hearing that the Lakers haven't beaten anybody because of like I think the intellectual dishonesty of the take like yes they lost they had technically lost their game against the Bucks lost their two games against the Clippers none of those felt like games where the Lakers like couldn't have won it if they mm-hmm. got in a couple other breaks like it wasn't like they were hopeless or something um, especially the Bucks one where they were at the end of a long road trip but so to get these two wins I know for Lakers fans like I mean you know, for you, even Anthony probably has to be satisfying, even if I'm sure that you were rooting against them down the stretch because Rondo was in. Uh, no, no, no. They brought Green in. Okay. They were, we were good there. But no, yeah. I, I, it, was, it was always a stupid take. Like, usually teams have bad records against the, the, the NBA's best teams. Yeah, it turns usually. out it's hard to beat good te- really, really good teams consistently. I just want, like, Doc Rivers to pop up and say, well, technically... We still haven't lost a game that Kendrick Perkins played in. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say. Like, who's the random guy that, like, didn't play today that he's going to cite as, like, they're still undefeated? Like, I got to like I gotta look at their roster, but I think they had everyone today. Yeah, I they they did. Yeah, they did. It was that there was one of the graphics that ESPN put up there that they were 10-0 in games that they had everybody available. Uh, Patrick Patterson, DM. NP coach's decision. So I don't know. Maybe Doc Rivers is going to second get. Well, we're still undefeated in games where Patrick Patterson plays. So can I rant about a different Patrick? Uh, I mean, I guess like Patrick Star. No, Patrick Beverly is so damn annoying. And he's not even like just the kind of annoying where you would say like, oh, man, I would love that guy who's on my team. I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy watching that guy play. He's awful on offense. He does. He gets away with everything on defense. Somehow didn't pick up a T in a game that the referees were handing him out. Like Pablo Escobar hands out money downtown. Like I'm, I'm blanking. Was it him that Anthony Davis stripped, or was that was that someone else? Like in the first quarter when he went on like the full court. That was a- I don't Avery think it, Bradley. Avery Bradley uh, did, and then Bradley yeah, got a yeah, T yeah. for it. He got a T for yeah. staring him down. Yeah, I knew Avery Bradley did. I couldn't remember if he was also who Anthony Davis had stripped, but I don't think so. Like, I think it was just Bradley. But, yeah, that was, like, it was hilarious to watch him, like, dribbling, like, Stanley from the office and have <laughs> Avery Bradley just swipe it from him and take it full court and then get a tech just because, in fairness to the refs, like, that was pretty mean, you know? Like, <laughs> why does he have to call Patrick Beverly out for not being able to dribble in an NBA game? Like, Patrick Beverly looks like he brushes his teeth with rocks. <laughs> That was uncalled for. I can't stand that guy. He's not like it's. It'd be one thing well, if, I, if I saw him. to me that like in a game where you know Danny Green got teed up for like dropping the ball the wrong <laughs> right. way, and Avery Bradley got teed up for like looking at Patrick Beverly. That Patrick Beverly all the times like that he gets in the middle. It like he just happens to be in the middle yeah. of like uh, some shoving breaking out. The rest are just like ah, you know whatever. Like it just goes like Jeff Van Gundy. I am not normally in agreement with like his rants on the broadcast mm-hmm. but it honestly goes to show like if you're just a dick all the time like you're gonna get way less technical fouls and way more leeway because you have to do something exceptionally dickish for the refs to notice it whereas like Avery Bradley is a choir boy for most of the game <laughs> and so he like looks at Patrick Beverly and gets a technical but you know the Lakers won so it's all good yeah I just it, it that really annoys me the, like his general approach to basketball really annoys me he's like that He's like that frost soft point guard who can't dribble but gets minutes over to guys who are actually better players because the coach likes how he dives on the floor. Like, <laughs> I think that's his entire shtick. 
in the NBA. Anthony, did you play high school basketball with Patrick Beverly? Like, this feels really personal. A version of him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's take a a quick second here. And when we come back, we'll actually talk about the game. There was actually some, some points that I think are worth making for for this game specifically and then moving on. All right, Marcus Morris jokes and Patrick Beverly rants aside. I thought two things stuck out in this one. One, what Markeith Morris does for the Lakers in terms of their options with lineups. Yes. Yeah, that, absolutely. That absolutely stuck out. We'll talk about that here in a second. And then the other thing too was I thought he, uh, Anthony Davis started figuring some stuff out. Now, it helped that he was making all of his mid-range jumpers, but I thought just in general on both ends of the court, he started figuring out, oh, wait, that's right. I'm like six inches taller than all of these people. Yeah, I I also, I think that that's been, uh, it was obviously on full display today, but I feel like that's been developing for a few games now, to be honest. Like, you kind of see it in the Lakers on-off numbers, too. Like, over the last 10 games, I looked it up. I don't know. Those are going to change after this game. I don't know what they are currently. But heading into the Clippers game, the Lakers, like, over their last 10 games, they were, like, out. They were Their net rating was 10.8 with LeBron off the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had progressively improved in that area. And somebody was asking me what I thought was the reason for that. And I think it goes to exactly what you're talking about. I think it's not just AD has figured out that he's taller than guys. I think that the Lakers have begun adjusting a little bit the way that they use him and are doing so a little bit more effectively. Like when he misses the threes, it's going to look bad. Or when he misses the mid range jumpers, it won't look as good, but like that kind of stuff, it, it, it does get him out in space a little bit more where he can use what are actually his skills, which are like his speed and grace for someone, his size being able to out quick, even guys that are sometimes even guys that are smaller than him, but especially guys that are his size or bigger um and so like rather than just mashing the post-up button when they have a size mismatch or whatever whereas like early on in marquee games it really seemed like they were like our ad head to the post like go post up even though he kind of looks like an off balance like giraffe gazelle down there but that's not really where he's best. And it seems like he and the team have started to figure out better ways to optimize him, like as a cutter, as a floor spacer, all of these things. And like when, sometimes when he's floor spacing, like he'll miss a jumper early in the game. But then that leads to guys forgetting about him later on, which is how you see that dunk down the stretch where LeBron lasered that pass down into the paint to him. Right. Like, you know, I think that all of this stuff works together to make him more effective. I, I'm, I'm in 100 percent agreement with you. Yeah. And then the, the Markeith thing. You know, Kuzma, who, to his credit, was doing a lot of little things to kind of keep his impact in the game noticeable. Um, as, yeah, I thought he, I thought Kuzma was fine to good today. Yeah, no, I mean, like in everything other than making his shots. You know, yeah, I, I thought he was really good elsewhere on the court. He was just not making anything. Uh, but but when Kuzma is playing like that, when he doesn't have it, having another guy about Kuzma's size being able to play that Kuzma role, because like I, I, I'm out, I'm back in town uh, this weekend uh, and I was able to watch this game with my dad and and he was saying like why aren't they sending another guy at LeBron when uh, Marcus Morris was out there on an island with him and I was like who are you doubling who are you doubling off of right like who who's the guy that you can't leave uh, Avery Bradley given the way that he was shooting you can't leave Anthony Davis obviously can't leave Danny Green that leaves Markeith Morris 
But in that in that instance, if the Lakers are smart about where they put him on the court, it makes it really difficult to bring that double team over there. And as a result, LeBron was able to get to the rim basically whenever he wanted down the stretch. Uh, and, and that's what has made Kuzma lineups so productive this year is that it's another guy out there that you, you know, at least kind of have to think about. You can't fully, it's not like a Rondo situation where you can have, or, or Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee situation, right? Where you can have guys just another pair of feet in the, in the key for whenever LeBron puts his head down and tries to get to the rim. Uh, this is Although the Sixers tried it. It just didn't really work. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. But like the, the, I thought, you know, as, as great as LeBron was during the game, uh, this is one of those spots where you say, well, he was that great because he's really good at basketball, but also because of the situations that those lineups put him in. He's going up against great defenders and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and was making them look remedial. And Yeah, I, I was going to say about, I mean, he obviously, he got by Kawhi a couple times on some like pretty bad defensive breakdowns, yeah. like if we're being real. And I just thought that it was interesting, like it seemed like, I just thought it was interesting, number one, how hard he seemed to go at him yeah. after kind of all the talking Remember from that? last time that LeBron didn't the want Stephen to a. smoke against Kawhi. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, that it was Morris and not Kawhi guarding yeah. LeBron down the stretch. Yeah, interesting. Think, given it for we'll the narrative, those, you know. Do you, do you think we'll get one of those uh, leaks from one of the clutch reporters? Right, like you know, there was all that talk last time about how Kawhi was disappointed that LeBron and 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 him weren't guarding each other. Look who was down. <laughs> look who was on LeBron down the stretch. Just you know, somebody in the Lakers locker room pointed that out. He happened to be wearing no, a I, crown I that, that there Kuzma is, put on him. I think there is nothing. I, I, le- I don't know about leaks, but I think there's nothing more likely than Kawhi Leonard being just listed on the next injury report with something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not necessarily that he's going to miss time. He's just going to be listed with something. Kawhi Leonard, DNP, bruised ego. Yeah. He, he's not going to be able to just go. Like DNP, he was hurt last game against LeBron, but you, <laughs> we just didn't say anything. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I thought the, the, those were some big things. We obviously have to shout out Avery Bradley for the way he shot, yes. uh, in that one. Honestly, he was a difference. I think between these two teams, one thousand, if you get 24 points from Avery Bradley, like yeah. that, that's the difference in a playoff. Like that you have win to win you. that game. The Lakers are not losing any playoff games where Avery Bradley scores 24 points. I can tell you that. I don't know if that's something that they can expect yeah. on a regular because you know we know that with his shot he is very hot and cold obviously hit six threes today that's huge um but like I also thought that him you know we joked about like the technical earlier and whatever but he really did take it upon himself to almost be Lakers Patrick Beverly mm-hmm. this game but like for a this, good against one. this yeah against this team specifically not in like the I'm just gonna get caught up in contact and pretend like I don't understand that it would annoy you that I'm walking directly in like arms interlocked with you and whatever like not any of the BS like antic stuff but like he was picking up the Clippers basically full court for Mm -hmm. like a decent amount of that game which is just like for a team that has struggled at times with ball handling you know, as far like outside of Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that, some similar issues that the Lakers have gone through in terms of their point guard core, although I think they've addressed it a little bit better. But still, like, I think that that's irritating for a team and that can really disrupt them in terms of getting into their sets and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I thought this was a great example of the value that that Avery Bradley brings. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up because I saw you. I think this is what got you to smile while I was talking a second ago. But did you see the quote that Frank Vogel just gave about Rondo? 
Oh, no, I well, I did see that. That was not what led me to smile. I was just laughing at your point. Um, But mm. yes, I did see the quote about Rondo. That makes me a little nervous. More than a little nervous. Uh, yeah, I mean, speaking to him last week for a Q&A that I did on Silver Screen and Roll, which you can read at silverscreenandroll.com, Lakers website. Oh, is that up? Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, the Q&A's been up for a couple of days. Thanks for reading the site. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank Vogel, you know, like he gave a pretty similar defense of Rondo that he has given in like, you know, most of his stuff like that Rondo brings swag and he brings things that are intangible. I thought that it was interesting to, to hear him like outline. <laughs> I thought it was interesting to hear him outline, um, you know, his philosophy on net rating and like why that's not necessarily a stat that like informs that all of the time. I don't know if I entirely agree with all of it, but it was interesting to hear his thinking. And it's why I'm not surprised that he credited Rondo despite needing to take him out. <laughs> I. It's like, yeah, Rondo was great for us. That's why I gave him the hook early. I, I, I thought I think Rondo. He just has now look, to say this stuff. I do think I think I think you know one point that needs to be made here is that the Lakers looked a thousand percent better in the second half when Rondo wasn't a complete disaster out there. In the first half, those minutes that Rondo was out there for, he was garbage, just hot, yeah. stinking, like just like Las Vegas summer heat garbage out there. And, and, you know, this is my problem when, when Vogel says that he's going to ride the hot hand is, well, you also have to notice the cold hand. And based on how Rondo played in the first half, he shouldn't have been out there in the second half. And I just don't think he brings anything that, like, the Lakers desperately needed in that game. I, I don't. And, yeah. You know, it, I just, I mean, at some point, it's got to get to a point where, like, the better players have to start playing. The Lakers won this game despite Rajon Rondo. I don't think you can ask for that to happen four times in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they're really, like, I was looking for it, too. Like, is there anything he's doing down the stretch that, like, okay, that's pretty good? Like, he kind of got them into their offense a little bit at times. Like, but the thing is, is, you know, he's he's a minus defensively, which is not really his fault. He's just old now. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, he could try harder at times, but it's not, like, he's never going to be a good defender for this mm-hmm. Lakers team. Um, but, like, even the stuff like like the stuff where it really kills you is like at least he was he willingly shot it this time. But did you catch down the stretch? There was like there he was open in the corner, like yeah. wide open, like mm-hmm. no clipper in the vicinity. And he at least didn't think too long before shooting it. But so it was natural, but he still missed. Yeah. And it's like that's where it's really going to hurt you is they just don't feel like they have to guard him at all. And you notice that like LeBron started to get going a little bit more again, like when Rondo came out. Right. It's just. It's just it's a it's a pretty simple explanation here. When Rondo was out there, there's an extra set of arms or an extra set of feet that are going to be there in the key. That like for somebody like LeBron to have success, he can't have that extra person in there. For AD to have success, he can't have that extra person in there. And when you have options like the Lakers have, like there's no there's no explanation for like relying on Rondo as long as they have and. You know, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. And if the Lakers fall short of, at this point, what expectations for the Lakers at this point should be title, right? Yeah. No, I think they're, I think they proved this weekend that number 17 is very much in the cards. And the one thing that I would say to give you hope on the Rondo thing is like Vogel has this year in like in certain games, he has had a very quick hook and like the second half completely adjusted, like went away from stuff. I believe that Dwight and, uh, and Caruso did not. 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. bet JaVale hardly played in the second half. Dwight, I don't think played in the second half, if no. I'm remembering correctly. And I don't think Caruso got in either. And it's not like either of them really had it going in the first half yeah. or were really helping a whole lot. Like, And so this isn't to make the point that like, ah, Rondo was in instead of Caruso. Like, it's not that at all. It's just like, I think that if Rondo is that bad in a playoff game, I just have a hard time believing that Vogel's not actually going to see it there. And use, I just don't think that from a locker room perspective, like if you're keeping Rondo around, which we know they are, we know that that's what's going to happen. I don't think that you can just yank him out of the rotation and embarrass him and have him and expect to just have him just kind of sit there and just like be a good soldier. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a little bit more tenable in the playoffs where it's like everybody's more locked in. All the results matter a lot more. It's like, okay, like you, you had your goal in the first half. It's not working. You're sitting down and this is just what it is. I think that's a little bit well, easier to do in the playoffs. Tonight? That was what we saw today. It's still not the playoffs yet. It's not the playoffs yet. That's, <laughs> Rondo didn't that's, have it that's in the first coming from. I'm trying to give you optimism here, okay? <laughs> like that's the hope. That's what we're certainly hoping for, but but at some point, you know, I would like to see some actual proof before we get to a situation where it really matters. Like that could it's change the series. Smart not to see. Huh? Yeah. It's just Vogel is too smart people, to not see this. Hey, there yeah. are very smart people who have blind spots intellectually. Like that's a thing that happens really often. It's possible. It's possible, but until the playoffs roll around and it's still happening, I'm not willing to believe that like it's going to continue to happen, mm. or that it's a certainty at least. Mm. Anywho, uh, the Lakers wind up winning, like I said, 112 to 103. They win probably the most impressive back-to-back games that any team in the NBA has won this year, uh, winning against Milwaukee and winning against the Clippers. Uh, so, you know, that in and of itself, both at home. I figured out the asterisk. That's that's what everybody's yeah. going to. It was L.A. Nightlight, actually, mm-hmm. that um, that led to the Bucks and Clippers losing. Yeah, it was it was tough. You to know, see. it was tough for the Clippers to be to be in L.A. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, wait, it wasn't a home game for the Clippers. So it turned but still it, L.A. Nightlight fought them. It turns out that like you, if if Giannis is in L.A. long enough, he turns into Giannis Atentu Rondo uh as a shooter <laughs> and can we just one last thing before before we log off here how legit do you think this lebron mvp narrative like is just from your like just like for you because for me i've been struggling with it and i think that i'm a little biased because obviously i watch the lakers a lot more than any other team mm-hmm. like you i think watch generalized nba a little bit more because you do the locked on nba stuff mm-hmm. um and I know Giannis has the more impressive statistical case on the season, but for me, just like I have a hard time saying that like LeBron can't be it at this point, just because like I know you don't get bonus credit for being 35 and for having like worst teammates, like not worst teammates in general, teammates teammates, like probably like the five to 10 guy, like the six to 10 guys are worse than the buck six to 10 guys. Yeah. Um, and, but the Lakers top five might be better. Um, and so, like, LeBron, it has to mean something that he keeps winning these showdowns with these guys. I mean, that I guess, won you know, these he last won two. Yeah. yeah, he won these last two and, like, generally really seemed to take it to them and look like the best player on the floor late mm-hmm. in the season. Like, both ends. I'm not saying that I'm on the, like, LeBron should win MVP train, but I think he has to be in the conversation at well, this point, and we kind of got to see what happens. He's always been in the conversation. It's just that the conversation was really short. You know, Giannis is LeBron is playing really, really well this year, but Giannis is the MVP. I think now it's more of like a LeBron is playing really, really well this year. Giannis is probably the MVP, but you know, the, the LeBron should get a greater share of the of the votes. 
you know. Now we'll see how these like Giannis is about to miss uh, at least a couple games here with that uh, yeah. sprain sprain knee. So that we'll was see really how long. Scary, as an aside, like I, I'm really glad that he. It sounds like it's not that serious because that was really scary in the moment. Yeah. Like like just as like just as somebody who appreciates basketball, yeah. like that was any not NBA what fans. I yeah. yeah, any NBA fan should have been hoping for this outcome, right? Yeah. Uh, but like if he if he you know say misses a little bit more time rest down the stretch of of this uh season because Milwaukee is so far out ahead of everybody else in the east and you know LeBron keeps up racking up the keeps on racking up these impressive wins now it's just as likely i think that LeBron rests down the stretch here i think yeah. he really wanted these two games and and now i think we'll probably go into more of a coast mode but like if he doesn't and if Giannis misses more time i i, I could see the the debate being more legitimate but Giannis had a pretty big lead going into this weekend. Yeah. Now he lost a decent chunk of it, I think. A, a, you know, I, I think he was, you know, for just if you just wanted to go by like horse lengths and horse racing, right? He had like a probably like a five or six horse lead, you know, or length lead out there, and is now like up three or four. But but it, you know, that those for, for if you were hoping to see or if you have money on LeBron winning MVP. This weekend could not possibly have gone any better for you. Yeah. I mean, or for LeBron. Or for LeBron. Yeah. If he has money on himself. Can they bet on themselves for that? Probably not, right? I don't think that that's legal. I, I would have to think that's illegal. Like, you have to only bet on yourself, I think. I still think that there's no way the league would be okay with that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I'm saying, like, the only thing, like, the only way gambling becomes unethical is when you start gambling on yourself to screw up. And yeah. then you screw up, right? Yeah. If you if you gamble on yourself to win something and then you go out there and play really well, then that's I I don't think I don't see a problem. Just figured out why Rondo's playing. I think so. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode of the. That was a joke. S- to be clear, <laughs> Super Screen Roll Podcast uh, Recap Edition. Uh, that's basically what I'm going to be doing on here. So big games happen. I'm going to be jumping on here. We'll figure out. I think I want to just keep it unnamed laker recap show for for the remainder of the season oh that's catchy yes stick with that yeah it's better than the mansplaining show oh my god it's it's a vox thing okay (laughs) if you if you read on the internet ever you would understand it (laughs) but you don't read because i'm not sure you know how (laughs) have a great rest of your weekend enjoy that w uh take that with you little brother take that with you Giannis attendant rondo and uh and we'll see you guys probably in a few minutes